A Blizzard of Backlash, Part 4, Switching It Up Before BlizzCon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today, in the Blizzard of Backlash, it should be a good day for Blizzard. Why? Because Overwatch is launching on the Nintendo Switch. Just look at this tweet from late last night. Overwatch at Play Overwatch on Twitter. It arrives on the Nintendo Switch on October 15th today at 11 a.m. Pacific, just a couple hours from now. To make sure you're ready, we've put together a series of launch day protocols so you'll know how to prepare before diving in. This is a big, big launch for Blizzard. Overwatch is obviously a hugely popular game. It has been in the past. I don't know how popular it is right now. Of course, it supports a major esports gaming league. But obviously, since this is part of the Blizzard of Backlash series, they are not going to have this launch go without issue. If you look at just this Twitter thread, you can see all of the Boycott Blizzard references, all of the references to Blitzchung and to China. And in this particular case, it manifested itself in a way that you might suspect. As we turn to IGN, Blizzard cancels Overwatch launch event in wake of protests. Now that headline is not exactly how I would describe it. In wake of protests sounds to me like there were protests around this launch event. There weren't, actually. They're referring specifically to the social media protests, the kind of overall internet angst that has developed around the Blizzard situation. But it's still important to look at this and to kind of break it down. So let's take a look at what IGN uh, talked about earlier this morning. I believe it was actually broken by Kotaku, but this article had a bit more context. So that's why I am bringing it up here in this video. It says Blizzard has canceled a launch event for Overwatch on the Nintendo Switch just seven, seven days after it first announced the celebration. The free event was scheduled to take place tomorrow on October 16th at New York's Nintendo Store. The first 150 fans to sign up were promised meet and greets with voice actors from the game, and the only requirement to attend was an active Nintendo account. However, a week later, Nintendo has put out a statement apologizing that it will no longer go ahead as the event has been canceled by Blizzard. So, a couple things to break down here. First, let's take a look at the actual tweet. This is from Nintendo of New York. Uh, so this is the Nintendo store. I believe it's in Times Square. It's a very popular place for uh, media presentations. So if you recall, I think the uh, the Mario uh, release on the Switch had a big giant musical number that was outside this store. It had all these uh, Reggie fils appearances and things of that nature. Uh, but overall, it's a place where you go and you market your video game. And for Nintendo, having Overwatch on their very popular system is as much a boon for the Nintendo brand as it is for the Blizzard brand. And so they clearly were working on a joint marketing effort here. You see the tweet from October 8th, and that date's important. We're going to talk about that in just a second. It says the first 150 fans to sign up will get to meet voice actors. Sign up begins on Wednesday of last week, October 9th. Present your warp pipe pass at your reserved time upon arrival. you got to love Nintendo. You must have a Nintendo account to make a reservation. So that's October 8th. Now, for those of you keeping track at home, this whole Blitzchung China thing happened on October 7th, or at least it was made public here in the United States on October 7th. So this is announced the day after. Now, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, you look at this and you say, all right, they're trying to distract from this China thing from early last week with a big launch event at Nintendo headquarters in New York uh, on the day after that they announce it. 
in all honesty, knowing corporations as I do, knowing giant bureaucratic monolithic corporations as I do, I doubt very much that this particular launch event had anything to do with the whole China affair. And there's a couple of reasons I think that. One, in general, the marketing arm for Overwatch, the marketing that's putting together these kinds of plans, that's entering into contract agreements or even handshake agreements with third parties like Nintendo from Blizzard's perspective, they're not coordinating with legal uh, on the legal kind of crisis management side of things. They are doing what they are doing. They are setting these things up long in advance and you announce it here a week before it's supposed to go on because it's a smallish event, right? This isn't a huge conference. This isn't something that requires tickets or is a paid event. You just sign up if you have a Nintendo account and you can present your warp pipe pass, whatever that might be at the uh, Nintendo headquarters. And Blizzard was even allowing Nintendo to announce it. So it really has no effect from Blizzard's perspective on trying to quell whatever kind of uprising was happening with respect to the China comments. Now, earlier in this video series, I analyzed the statement that they released after work hours on Friday. And one of the things I said in respect of that release was that I don't think that Blizzard thought this was going to happen this way, right? That statement is not one that suggests that they thought that immediate action was required. So when they do the Blitzchung suspension very early last week, I don't think it had even occurred to Blizzard really to have a crisis management response initiative to, to have people sign up for an Overwatch launch event to distract doesn't make any sense in that context because they didn't know what was going to happen was going to happen because they weren't prepared for it. I think that comes out both in the timing that they made their statement, in the statement itself, obviously everything we have analyzed. Please check out our earlier videos in the Blizzard of Backlash series for my discussion about whether Blitzchung can sue, what their statement actually says, the overall rule that they've they've used to, to ban Blitzchung for now six months, what was a year to start out with. So I don't think that this relates specifically to that. However, it's worth noting that it is in the exact same time frame. So if Blizzard was aware of something happening and that they wouldn't want to be public, that they wouldn't want to have public exposure, then this would have never been agreed to on that date. They didn't know what was happening. I think that's the best indication you get from this is that they didn't know this was going to happen. And by the time it rolls around that the event is going to be tomorrow now, uh, that Nintendo of New York announces late last night, 11 p.m. on October 14th, very close to the time when this launch was actually supposed to happen. Please be aware that the previously announced Overwatch launch event scheduled for Wednesday, October 16th at Nintendo New York City has been canceled by Blizzard. We apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. Now, interestingly, from my perspective, we talk a lot about messaging in virtual legality. Note who's not saying that. Blizzard isn't saying that. And in fact, they allowed, allowed being a very kind of broad nebulous term in this case because it's unclear exactly what Nintendo was permitted or not permitted to say or whether Blizzard had any say in it whatsoever. They were allowed to say that the event was canceled by Blizzard, which allows everyone to have all sorts of nefarious understandings of what that might mean. And I tend to agree. I tend to agree that Blizzard is probably hiding its head in the sand right now, deciding what to do about what's happening on the internet with a lot of people actually showing evidence that they have canceled their Battle.net accounts, talking very negatively about Blizzard. And really, from my perspective, the biggest problem that Blizzard has is not the kind of culture warriors on whatever side they might be that are trying to make a statement by uh, banning Blizzard or by boycotting Blizzard, but actually the fans, 
right? These things on the internet, these things even in real life that are boycotted or made examples of by people that don't actually engage with their products are very loud on the internet, but they don't actually affect the bottom line necessarily. And so corporations can work with that. They can kind of navigate that when people that are just on talk shows or that are on talking head segments on news programs or sports programs or wherever you might find them are angry at the company. Sometimes that's okay as long as the fan base hasn't left you. And in this particular in this particular circumstance, Blizzard appears to be dealing with the rebellious fan base. And that makes things much, much worse. Because if you're if you're Blizzard, if you're corporate counsel for Blizzard, you just put yourself in those shoes, or, or public relations, or crisis management, you essentially don't know from what direction the punches are going to come. You expect them to come from certain folks that are making editorials or want to make an example of the video game industry or what have you. You don't necessarily expect them to come from the guy that has bought every version of Diablo on every console on and on PC and has bought 10 copies for his friend and has attended every BlizzCon. You don't expect that. And when that starts happening, that becomes a snowball that becomes very, very difficult to manage. As you've probably heard earlier in the series, I'm somewhat sympathetic to the folks working internally at Blizzard, especially those that didn't make the initial decision, that they're trying to navigate something that, one, they don't have any experience navigating before. I don't think there's been an, uh, an uprising against Blizzard as a company like this that I can recall. The closest thing might be when Diablo 3 came out, had its real money auction house, and people disagreed with the design elements of that game. There was a bit of a kind of uprising from its fan base, and they quickly corrected course. In this case, we're not talking about design elements. We're not talking about the widgets that Blizzard makes, the products that they sell to the marketplace. We're actually talking about decisions made as an entity that everybody all at once, if you're thinking about Blizzard's perspective, decided were wrong. And I am somewhat sympathetic, not overall to the substance of it, but somewhat sympathetic to the fact that Blizzard looks at this, I think, and says, okay, well, we, yeah, we bent to China on this uh, a little bit, but everybody does that. Apple does that. Facebook does that. Google does that. Uh, you know, uh, other people do that. The NBA does that right now. You've got a quote from LeBron James yesterday, essentially castigating one of the owners in the NBA for being uneducated about saying what he said in favor of Hong Kong. You've got all these other places that have these kinds of statements made that take these kinds of actions and they're given a free pass and Blizzard all of a sudden because of a confluence of events somewhat out of their control, is now one of the faces of this movement for really discussing whether American corporations are going too far to bend the knee to a totalitarian regime. And to some extent, if you're Blizzard, if you're operating their crisis communications and their public relations machine, you look at it and you say, this isn't fair. And I'm sympathetic, but not sympathetic overall to how they've handled it. So they've canceled this event in the face of Boycott Blizzard, in the face of Blitzchung, and their ban. And one of the things that is really interesting to me about this whole thing, this is a small event. This is small potatoes here on October 15th, 2019. But do you know what happens very shortly after October 15th, 2019? That's right. BlizzCon. Blizzard's celebration of everything Blizzard is actually set up to take place about two weeks from today. Their main event is Friday, November 1st, with a follow-up event on Saturday, November 2nd. And I will tell you right now, I don't think that they necessarily have a plan for what they are going to do about this. 
if they canceled this Nintendo thing, if they allowed Nintendo to say it was canceled by Blizzard, sure, there might be a, a perfectly innocent explanation for why that might be. But I think everybody that is understanding what's happening here knows that Blizzard isn't quite ready to go out there in the public, to have any kind of public presence that might be questioned by people out there in the world that might have actual protests with protest signs around it. That's what you have when you have a physical event. But they might not have any choice in a couple weeks. There is still a non-zero, very small percentage chance that Blizzard might just cancel BlizzCon. I very much doubt it. Money has already been spent to reserve spaces. People have pre-ordered tickets. I think overall, one of the one of the pieces of analysis that's being done internally is whether or not that would be a good thing because you have to, when you're dealing with running a company, a country, whatever it might be, you have to take every kind of option into account and at least determine whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. I strongly suspect canceling BlizzCon would be seen as a wildly bad idea that would get much, much, much more negative publicity about their brand. And so they probably have to go through with it in some respect. The issue is, what does that look like? Because there will be protests. Will they be small? Will they be sparse? Will they be loud? Will they be problematic and disruptive? I don't think anybody knows. Blizzard doesn't know. And so they're figuring out what, if anything, they need to change about what they had planned for BlizzCon, what they need to maybe add. If something's four years down the pipe, you need more positivity, you need more positive news cycles. Maybe you're like the ESA and you decide that you're going to do a bunch of social good stuff to try to earn good shits. Probably not the direction you go with this particular crisis because this crisis is about political discussion, political action. So that's probably off the table for Blizzard. So you start to see how they're shackled. They're, they're bound and tied, and they don't necessarily have a clear, obvious path to surviving this in a fashion that leads to only good publicity in a couple weeks' time. So they're figuring out what to do. Right now, they're burying their heads in the sand. They released a statement that, if anything, was uh, offensive to folks that are actually following the story pretty closely. As you can see from my, let's call it a fairly passionate video on analyzing their statement over the weekend from, from the statement that they rele released after work hours on Friday late last week. But here we are. And so I was, I was reminded of a situation that was fairly similar to this earlier this year, uh, not in so far as the politics. This is obviously much more serious than that. Uh, but as you probably know, if you follow Virtual Legality, if you follow this channel, I'm a pretty big fan, or was, of Star Wars. Uh, I've gone to Star Wars Celebration in the past. I've enjoyed the brand in the past. Uh, and I've had a lot of fun with fellow fans and folks that like this, this Star Wars uh, situation. But this is, a, this is an ad here that you can see on the Star Wars website for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim next year. But this past year, uh, Star Wars Celebration was in Chicago. Uh, and one of, the, one of the common refrains, the questions that people were asking was what is Star Wars, what is Lucasfilm, what is Disney going to do in particular with uh, Kathleen Kennedy appearances? Now, if you're not familiar, Kathleen Kennedy is the head of Lucasfilm. Uh, she is the one behind picking the directors, picking the stories, doing all these kinds of things. And rightly or wrongly, on the internet, amongst those that think that the sequel trilogy and Disney Star Wars in general have not turned out the way they had hoped, of which I am one, although I don't place all of the blame on Kathleen Kennedy, there was a general thought that enough people didn't like Kathleen Kennedy that how were they going to present her because she really had to make an appearance at this conference. And the answer to that question uh, was, was pretty easy. Uh, how do you present Kathleen Kennedy at the Star Wars Celebration Conference is that you present her 
always and everywhere with someone else that the audience is very likely to enjoy the appearance of more. So on the main episode nine panel, which was just called episode nine before we knew it was called Rise of the Skywalker, you had her appear with J.J. Abrams, who, especially for folks that didn't like Last Jedi because Last Jedi was so different from Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams is thought of as a positive force. And so you can't boo, you can't make a scene, you can't kind of make a disruptive event out of Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams walking out together. Very similarly, later on in the conference, you have her appear with Daisy Ridley, who plays the main character in the current Star Wars trilogy. Uh, Ray, who I think presently has a last name. Maybe we'll still have a last name at the end of this next movie. Who, who knows? Uh, but you have her appear with Daisy Ridley because anybody that wants to make a scene specifically against Kathleen Kennedy can't do that as long as there are two people and they're of kind of different fan persuasions. Nobody's going to boo the main character of the current Star Wars trilogy at a Star Wars fan event. The real, real difficulty with BlizzCon is that this isn't a crisis. This isn't a public relations issue that can be laid at the feet of one person. Maybe J. Allen Brack, after the statement that came out last Friday, maybe that was the goal of having him actually individually sign that statement, because otherwise it's fairly unclear and it's fairly obviously a statement that was written by committee. But I don't think that's going to hold. Instead, you have a company in Blizzard that is very likely to be castigated or thought negatively of to those inclined to do so on an entity level. Everyone associated with the brand, everyone associated with every game, it is a company-level decision. You can't lay this at the feet of someone in particular, unless Blizzard wanted to take the step of talking about who made the decision and why, and potentially throwing them under the bus as just a methodology of making a target out of one person to allow them to take all the flack and leave the company aside. At this point, after waiting a week, after such a mealy-mouthed statement that meant nothing, after now canceling your Nintendo event to honor this huge launch, really, honestly, for your company on the Nintendo Switch, it's pretty much too little too late to do any of those things. So now you're looking at a passionate, passionate fan base that feels negatively about your company and your brand, and you're inviting them to one physical location in California, which, frankly, is a state and location known for making its thoughts clear in protests, in physical disruption, or otherwise. You're inviting them to come visit, and you're inviting them to sound however they're going to sound at that event. So it's very, very interesting to see what they will do. They don't have the Star Wars celebration option in front of them. They don't really have any obvious options that I can see. That's a problem that's going to be worked on by very highly paid individuals for the next two weeks to see what should happen. Presumably questions and answers from the public, if there, are going, if there were going to be any, will no longer be uh, permitted or will be uh, vetted for questions that are going to be allowed as part of the process there would be my guess. You're going to have people that only appear in groups, hopefully finding some actors or some folks from the past that you can put up with them so that you can't allow booze or a lot of negative attention. But that's going to be a very, very difficult nut to crack for them uh, because they don't have that kind of obvious person to just kind of have his negative influence and to, to balance with some kind of positive influence. That's just not how video game companies in general work. And so when you have something like this uh, at a BlizzCon, I don't know what's going to happen. I suspect this could be worse uh, than, than they think. This could be worse than, than anybody else thinks. It, it also could fizzle out. 
uh, in two weeks' time. I think to the extent that you are canceling the Nintendo event, to the extent that you are just trying to keep your head in the sand, not make a statement other than after work hours on a Friday, I think Blizzard has decided that there isn't anything they can actively do right now. And so, yes, blow it over, let it blow over is always a public relations move that you can take. They're going to try to make that bet two weeks from now. Will the public actually still care about this? Yes, you've got the Overwatch cancellation now and, and tomorrow, but is there anything between now and then that is going to take the public's attention in a different direction? Here's a shiny object. Let's go for it. Or otherwise have somebody acting worse than them uh, that they can otherwise be distracted by, and then they can announce Diablo 4 or World of Warcraft 2 or whatever other crazy things they have to try to get the public talking about how great Blizzard is and the products that they have and not this China issue, not the ban that they did on Blitzchung, not anything else related to all of this and how poorly it has been handled even after the fact. Finally, I'll leave you with just this comment that they make describing BlizzCon in general because I think it's very apt for the end of this video. They say, BlizzCon is a place where friendships are forged, heroes come to life, and the most passionate community in the world takes center stage. I think at least in the video gaming world, that's a very, very apt decision. One of the most passionate communities in that world will take center stage in two weeks. And I'm very interested to see what exactly that winds up looking like. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe. We are talking about these things all the time. Obviously, the Blizzard of Backlash series has kept us going now for a solid week. You can see parts one, two, and three talking about the initial issue, their statement, whether or not someone can sue them. Uh, in this video, we also have a series and a playlist that you can just play all of these. This video will go at the end of that playlist if you're interested in just watching all of those all at once. Otherwise, share this around if you think someone else might be interested. We love to have those discussions. We love to have new people engaging with us, telling us why we're right or why we're wrong. And we have those discussions all the time in the comments of these videos and on our social media as well. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for listening. I very much appreciate it. And if you listen to it on its podcast, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that as well. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.